This audio is brought to you by Muslim Central. Please consider donating to help cover our running costs and future projects by visiting www.muslimcentral.com forward slash donate. Another interesting question, uh, I thought it was a really, really cool question, is regarding ayah number 46 of Surah Al-Hajj, in which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed, and I'm reading the translation as this uh, person wrote it, uh, so have they not traveled through the earth and have hearts by which to reason and ears with which to hear? For indeed, it is not eyes that are blind, la ta'amal absar, you know, uh, but blinded are the hearts, which are in the breasts, in the chest. As per science, we know that reasoning is done via the brain and not the heart. Can you elaborate why Allah utilized the word heart instead of brain in this ayah? There are many other ayat that are clearly what you can call unscientific. Right, and it, it seems like one of those clear-cut ayat where Allah is saying that they they have hearts with which they cannot think or they can't reason. You know, why in the world would He say that? Because we know the hearts aren't the ones that reason; the brains are the ones that reason. Some have tried to explain this away by saying, "Well, when He says hearts, He really means brains." I don't believe that. I do believe that Allah Azza wa means what He says, and He's the most eloquent of all speakers. He's the one who taught language to all human beings to begin with. So when He uses a word, He uses it knowing full well its implications. And if He wanted to say brain, He would have said brain, but He did say heart. The first thing to note here is that we are, you know, so impressed with science, and that's okay. Uh, in our day and age, we are living in a scientific era. But that doesn't mean that all human language and all speech is reduced to scientific speech. When your loved one comes and tells you, you know, when, when a grandfather comes and tells you, my grandkids have stolen my heart, that doesn't mean they ripped his chest open and took his heart and ran off, you know. Or man, that guy is so hard-hearted. His heart is like a rock. You know, he's, he's, when they say that, they don't really mean that if you do an EKG or you, you open up this guy's chest, you're going to find a rock in there. It's still going to be a squishy heart. When somebody says, you broke my heart, nobody physically broke your heart. This is, these are expressions of language, right? And particularly about the heart, there are expressions found in virtually every culture in the world. And so when Allah Azza says they have hearts and they don't think with them, Allah is highlighting a very powerful, beautiful spiritual reality. And the language of spirituality cannot be captured within the language of science. These are two different things. You know, the iman, the faith in Allah that, you know, is a gift given by Allah rests inside the heart. And when you look at the world with that iman, what you see is different. When you look at a tree with iman, you are reminded that a seed is turned into a tree and it bears fruit. You're reminded that Allah gives the dead earth life, like He will give me life again. You're reminded that this, this seed of iman inside me is supposed to produce you know, goodness. Like this tree produces goodness and it produces more seeds. You're reminded that when you give even a little bit of charity, like a, a seed of worth of charity, it can turn into a tree and it will bear fruit and every one of those fruits will have multiple seeds. In other words, when you give charity, Allah will multiply it and multiply it and multiply it. You're looking at the same tree, but you're looking at a spiritual reality, not a scientific one. You can look at a tree as an expert in, in plant life and tell me what species it is, how old it is, what kind of climate is best suited for it, you know, that kind, if it's healthy or it's sick and things like that. And I won't know any of those things. You're looking at it scientifically, but you're certainly not looking at it with your heart. Allah is complaining you're so able to analyze reality around you scientifically, 
How are you not able to look at it spiritually? The same reality also has a spiritual message. And that's why, why don't they reason with their hearts? And that's actually a very beautiful expression of the Qur'an. And so when the Qur'an defines what you, defies what you would expect to be like scientific expression, it's not. It's just using beautiful language. And it's again, not limited to the Qur'an. It's found in virtually every, every literature, every kind of language in the world. Uh, you know, you find these kinds of expressions and the Qur'an is full of them. Even for example, when a, uh, you know, to be literal, because science, scientific language is very literal, right? It's black and white. But, you know, two people are talking and a friend says, man, I did everything for you. Or, you know, a husband says to the wife, I gave you everything. That doesn't mean they gave her everything. It just means all kinds of things. You can't be literal about every, that's not how language works, right? So we, we bring this kind of reductionist kind of view and a kind of uh, interpretation to the Qur'an, and it's really a disservice to the book. May Allah protect us from doing so. That's not to say that the Qur'an does not have scientific phenomena. It certainly does. Uh, but the way it speaks of them is very, very powerful and very beautiful. Um, somebody asks, uh, let's see, which one can I take before I let you guys go? <sighs> okay, yeah. How can we summarize and conclude an expl- uh, for, in your in your in-depth analysis of Al-Kahf, you conclude that there are two kinds of knowledge, Ilm al-Riwayah and Ilm al-Dirayah, right, that's right. What that means in simple English is, I said there are two kinds of knowledge. There's knowledge of the text, meaning the Qur'an, the Sunnah, the tradition, etc. Uh, and there's the, the knowledge of reality around us. And when Musa salam and Khidr met, Musa salam is someone who has been given more knowledge of the revelation than anyone else at the time. And Khidr has more knowledge of reality than anyone at the time. And so they meet at the two oceans that come together. And that is actually really, at the end of the day, what guidance is. Guidance is two kinds of knowledge coming together. Knowledge of this world and knowledge of revelation. They have to they have to coexist. You can't have one and not the other. That's what the Qur'an forces us to do. You can't just study the Qur'an sitting in a library your entire life or sitting in a madrasa your entire life. You can't. When the Qur'an says you have to go explore the earth, then the only way to live by that ayah is to not study just the tafsir of that ayah, but to literally go explore the earth. Go find out how creation began. Do excavations. Like Quran is actually asking us to explore the world around us. And that's actually the only way you'll truly appreciate what Allah is saying. You know, I met somebody who said, you know, I study Quran maybe 12 hours a day. And I was like, do you go out at all? No. Do you ever go to a park or hiking or anything else? And I'm like, and they said, no, 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 I'm just too busy studying Quran. I'm like, when the Quran tells you, أَوَلَمْ يَرَوْا وَيَقْبِضْنَا you know, when didn't they look at the bird above them flying, that, that it spreads its wings and it contracts them? How are you living by that ayah if you don't go check out some birds? <laughs> you know, how, how are you not? So those two worlds of knowledge do have to come together. Ramadan is a time where we reconnect ourselves with the word of Allah, that ilm riwayah right? That inshallah we memorize more Qur'an than we ever have. We think about more Qur'an than we ever have. But of course, it's pointless if you don't ponder over this book. And then it changes the way you see the reality around you. It's th- those two things have to coexist. And one last comment before I let you guys go, inshallah. And I hope I get more chances to speak with you and you know take more of your questions. Um, is that you know the the revelation is called ayat, and creation, all of creation, Allah says there are ayat in them. Like most of the time, Allah says there are ayat in creation, and these revelations, the ayat of the Quran, are also called ayat. Miraculous signs are all all around us, or lie within all of creation, and miraculous signs are what Allah revealed to us. Allah used the same term for both of them because they correspond with each other; they complete each other. 
For us, the tafsir of one ayah is the other. You looked at something in reality, you experienced something, and then you heard the word of Allah and you realized, subhanAllah, Allah's commentary on that reality is the most perfect. You read the word of Allah, and you, you learn something about what Allah says about His creation, and then you go out and you experience that creation, and it confirms the word of Allah. They both confirm each other. They both confirm each other. And that's why we have to live in both of these worlds. And there are people who are just lost and they've completely left revelation behind. And down on the other hand, you have people that have, um, you know, that, that are engrossed in the study of revelation and they've left any, any pondering over the world behind. And that, that's just a disservice. Those two worlds do need to coexist. And that's why, uh, correctly pointed out, it's interesting that Musa alayhi salam, when he met Khidr alayhi salam, he met him at the meeting of Majma' al-Bahrain, the, the place where the two seas meet, like the two knowledges are meeting. Ironically, the place also where they were supposed to meet are where the two seas meet because these are two endless oceans of exploration. May Allah Azza wa Jal increase us in our understanding, our appreciation of His Word. And I pray that your Ramadan is a very, very successful one. Uh, inshallah ta'ala, get into gear from now and prepare yourselves. Uh, and let's try to make this Ramadan one of uh, moderation. Let's, let's do things in balance so we can keep up. Don't go hype in the beginning and then burn out in a couple of days. And also don't overeat this Ramadan. Let's keep a light appetite, inshallah, so we can actually get through the whole thing successfully. Jazakumullah khairan. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. Speak to you guys again.